Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Six seconds to go. Comes in to Tucker. Ewing sets a screen. The shot is off. Loose ball. Ewing goes up. The basket comes. Chicken and Roll. I'm your host, Schwinnipoo, and this is episode 52, and I am joined by, uh, not a first-time guest, but first time in a little while, his name is Trillbro Dude. You can find him at Twitter, on Twitter, at Trillbro Dude, or sorry, I should say X. Uh, he is the co-host of the You Know Ball pod, Trillbro Dude. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me back. I'm so happy to be here as slop season continues to, to push through here. <laughs> It's just perfect timing. We started recording this at two thirty nine, and we are about ten minutes removed from a, a massive slop drop that we all saw coming. But I'm glad that Masai has fully lifted the slop embargo, and uh, we are we are now here with multiple trades from the Raptors in the course of a few weeks, which I never thought we would see. Oh yeah, I mean it's like Masai is like uh, what's like the fucking pry for my cold dead fingers like yeah. Yeah, yeah it's just the fact that he traded og and pascal like weeks before the deadline uh Shocking. yeah I, I, great you would have gotten great odds on that because nobody yeah. was predicting that uh just before we start i do want to make a few announcements the first name that has instagram check that out i'm not going to do the whole thing instagram youtube Patreon, Discord, all that good stuff. You know about it uh, because you've probably been listening to this podcast forever. So, uh, all right, let's just talk about the slot. So the Indiana Pacers just acquired Pascal Siakam. They sent out three first-round picks in 2024 first. They have one that's like the least favorable between three teams. It's like Houston, OKC, and I don't know. Some fucking other third team. Who cares? Uh, and then they got, and then they gave up their own first, and they gave up their first in 2026. Bruce Brown also goes out in the deal to Toronto, uh, as well as well as Jordan Wara, which I thought was really funny. There was a report today, I think a couple hours ago, from Fisher, where he's like, "Oh, that the Pacers have put Jordan and Wara on the deal," and I'm like, "Great, <laughs> that's fucking awesome." Uh, and that and really also the needle. <laughs> yeah, that's a big deal mover. And honestly, also the the biggest uh, the biggest piece here in this deal. Uh, New Orleans sending Kyra Lewis to Toronto while also sending a second round pick to Indiana. So uh, just a huge blockbuster for the Pelicans. No, look, this is a, this is a great deal for the Pacers, I think, but I'm curious to get your thoughts on this. And I'm curious to get your thoughts because uh, Pascal was perhaps, or, and might still be one of the options for plan cap space uh, for the, for the Sixers, the plan, the air yes. quotes. Yes. <laughs> uh, so I'm just curious to get your thoughts on this deal and kind of, if you think it impacts Philly at all. Well, first off, just to get that out of the way, the cap space plan with an emphasis on cap. I want that to be <laughs> cap. It is cap. There's not real. Um, as I've said many times on the podcast, it doesn't make any sense. But uh, from the Pacers perspective, yeah, I mean, look, it's a good deal. Honestly, I it's funny. I try to think of a historical comp for this trade. And I, I think the closest one is actually one involving the Knicks, which is the Kristaps Porzingis trade to the Dallas Mavericks when Luka was so good so early in his career 
that it actually kind of hurt the Mavericks because by year two, they're winning a bunch of games and they can't draft a, a co-star for him, quote unquote. Little did they know they had Jalen Brunson on the team already, who is now on your New York Knicks as well. But it kind of reminds me of that trade in the fact that a, a buddy of mine, Will, who's a Nets fan, pointed out Halliburton being as good as he is actually hurts the team if Matherin and Jairus Walker aren't stars because the pathways to acquiring that second star become a lot harder when you really don't have the options through the draft unless you know get historically lucky like the Sixers did with Tyrese Maxey falling to pick 21. So I like it from Indiana's perspective in the fact that they were going to move on from Bruce Brown anyway. He hasn't really fit there in a way. I think Bruce is a good player. I think that it's he's having a down shooting year i think that he probably functions a little bit better in a team context where it's more a post base guy like Jokic or kd when he was in brooklyn and you know they're a very perimeter oriented team they go from halliburton down they have a ton of shooting and blah 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 i like siakam's fit on the team for sure i mean I like when they drafted Jairus Walker, because when they drafted Jairus Walker, that was the idea of the kind of player that he could become. Basically, you know, a little bit of a passing hub, a scoring threat that can provide rim pressure and, sh- and some shooting, not necessarily three-point shooting, but some a little bit of outside shooting. Pascal's a good mid-range shooter and corner shooter. And then defensively, a front court of Miles Turner and... Pascal Siakam is basically, we have Giannis and Brooke Lopez at home. (laughs) So it is a good trade for sure. In terms of value, I don't really think they gave up a ton. The only pick that I really am interested to see the protections on is the 2026 first that they sent out. Because this draft, as everyone has said a hundred times, is not as great as some recent drafts. And you probably shouldn't be sweating picks in the teens and 20s if you're sending them out. And then, uh, yeah, they still get to hold on to, like, when I heard about this deal, I said in our Discord, I heard about it yesterday morning, and I sent in that it was pretty much a done deal, but I heard that it was Bruce Brown, Isaiah Jackson, and a first-round pick. But I guess they went the other direction and said, we'd rather get draft capital because we don't really have that, Toronto. Yeah, they don't. Uh, they, they have their own first, and then even their one first is, like, protected for seven billion years or whatever. It should extinguish this year, but who knows? Would you, if you're Toronto, would you rather just have that pick go right now and be like the eighth pick in the draft, or would you rather? Like, well, I'm as just... far as I, as far as I'm concerned, Toronto already acquired their superstar. Uh, they got Emmanuel quickly, yes. Who uh, is my son is about to go off. Uh, no, I mean, I honestly like I fucking hate Masai, so I really hate that I'm about to say this. I like what they did. Like he somehow salvaged this atrocious situation he created yep. as best as he could. Um, I think they did better with the OG trade. I just like the OG trade just because I don't think you see those trades a lot. Like, I like the player for player stuff. I think it makes sense. I think, whatever, like RJ Barrett, I'm not really distraught over losing him. I just don't think whatever he was going to be was never going to happen for him in New York. Toronto's a better situation. So go, you know, go yonder, my son, and uh, enjoy the new horizons. And honestly, it's good for him. He's playing better. So I'm happy for him. Uh, I love OG for us. The only part that kills me is losing quick because I think quick's awesome. Yes. Um, and I just don't think we've maximized whatever. I don't want to, I, I've, I've, I've and done my eulogies. Yeah, yeah. I've done my eulogies, but um, yeah, I like that trade for, I like that trade for them a lot. Uh, and now they have three, they, I mean, they basically have th- three first, even if they lose their own in this draft now, because yeah. that Detroit Pistons second is fucking, that's going to be a first round pick essentially. Um, so I, I like it. Um, they haven't drafted, all that well recently so 
need to like see how they utilize it. But you have like the decent raw ingredients for a decent rebuild here. And to be honest, like I like them being like they're basically shooting their shot, right? They're saying Scotty's our guy, mm-hmm. and we're not like he's too good for us to to like completely tear it down and try and build it back up from there. So I like that they put actual players. Like, what do you think about RJ Barrett? The guy's an actual NBA player. You know, he's a rotation guy. Uh, Emmanuel quickly has the potential to be more. I, you know, and Wara, who gives a shit. Bruce Brown, maybe they flip him. Maybe they keep him. I think he's a good player. Like, yeah. I would actually like to see them keep him and then move Dennis Schroeder to fucking Alaska. I don't really care. <laughs> uh, but I, I just, I think they've done a decent job. Uh, but like, I don't, I don't want to hear about like, Masai masterclass stuff because at the end of the day, I, I still think like all the criticisms that you know, like we we fucking talked over the summer and we were just like we did like 20 minutes on like why Masai is an idiot. And I stand by all that stuff because he did not maximize the value of either of these guys. Like you look at OG Ananobi, if I told you last year that you would get him for Emmanuel Quickly and RJ Barrett, like yeah, and, and I say this as somebody who loves Quickly, yeah. uh like I would have been like that's ridiculous. Like Masai's never going to do that deal. And that's like, and I would have said that because I would have been like, I think he can get a better offer somewhere. Like he just could. Um, And that never transpired, obviously. And, or maybe it did. And he passed, he passed up the opportunities. Who the hell knows exactly what those pick offers were. But, um, and then you look at the Pascal thing is, I think an even more egregious one, because at least with OG, like I, I genuinely like, I love quick. So I just think that trade is, legit good and i like the way he fits next to scotty barnes and all that stuff uh but the pascal situation i mean not only did they like you know clearly not maximize his asset value even when they i mean i feel like they must have known by the time by like last year's traded line they knew they didn't want to keep him yeah. uh but like they also just completely dumped on this guy on the way out kind of in the last five six months and i just think that's they shitty because Daryl Morey. yeah and I, I just think it's shitty because like look you guys a 27th overall pick who was a top three player on a championship team for your city. Like, Probably I, I don't know. One of the greatest development stories of all time. We talked about yeah. it was, we had J.E. Skeets from No Dunks on the podcast this past week, and uh, we were talking about how it is kind of unheard of that a guy becomes an all-NBA guy at age, like, 25, 26, like he did, and was a G League guy his rookie year. Turn, You know, look, he did play a little bit for Toronto, and he only played, like, five or ten games in the G League. But was a true development, probably the greatest win that they've had development wise um, in their franchise's history. Like, you know, look, you could compare, you know, obviously getting Lowry and having his late career jump is a huge win, but Lowry was already a good player when they acquired him. DeMar DeRozan was a top 10 pick. OG Ananobi, you know, was a nice hit for them, but you know, at the end of the day, he's a really, really good role player. And uh, Pascal was a legit star. Like you said, was a guy who averaged, almost 20 points a game in the NBA finals had a clinching game for them against the Warriors in that finals where he was, you know, arguably the best player on the court along with Kyle Lowry and dominated Draymond. Yeah. And, and it is really strange to see them kind of end the way that they did. And, and look, Masai, like you said, Masai created the situation. If he had done this a year ago at the deadline, he would have gotten more value for OG. He probably would have gotten similar value, if not better value, for Pascal Siakam with a year and a half left on his deal. Same with OG. And not even to mention Fred Van Fleet, who he let walk for nothing in the offseason. And not even to mention that he went the other direction by trading for Jakob Pertl, who 
really did nothing for them for the rest of that season. And now that they're in essentially at least reset mode, I don't really see all that much value that he has on a rebuilding team. So I kind of look at this situation and I say, you made the bed <laughs> that, yeah. that, that kind of set up this situation. But if you now, you can't dwell on the past if you're Toronto. Like, I think doubling down and saying, no, we're still not going to trade them and then getting nothing would have made it even worse. So the fact that he was finally willing to admit that they made a mistake and admit that, uh, you know, we need to take this thing in another direction is a huge step for them. And to get, look, I know three the three first-round picks probably aren't going to be great first-round picks. You never but know. You, you never know, one. right? Yeah. You never know. Like, you never know. You, like, you just said it, Max, Maxi. Look, we, we're, mm. three guys we've talked about on this pod. Maxi, 21st pick. Mm. Uh, Siakam, 27th pick. Quickly, 25th pick. Like, you just keep getting bites at the apple. Sometimes you get lucky and you get a hit. Like, that's yeah. really all you need, right? Um, and if, and if Scotty's what they think, like, and if Quick is what I think, and I think what they think, like, Maybe you just need one more guy, and you're pretty close to the cusp right there. And they re- and, and in, in defense of their draft record, which you're right, hasn't been good. And this is also another thing that's kind of their own doing. They traded a first-round pick for Thad Young. Mm-hmm. If you go back to that draft, Walker Kessler was still on the right. board. Like, and they needed a center. This was before they well, traded for Yaku. No, no, no. Don't, don't erase Christian Coloco from the history of that draft. Well, this, this is the thing. <laughs> Christian Coloco is a guy that has some rest. I don't know if he has long COVID or what's going on with him. It really seems like a sad situation. But, like, he was a second-round pick. Banton was a second-round pick. And I know they have a history of hitting on Fred Van Fleet, Siakam, all these guys late first undrafted. Yeah, Ananobi. Second round picks. Ananobi, all this shit. But, like, the reality is that you're way more likely to miss on those picks than hit on those picks. And now that they actually have some first-round draft capital again, they at least give themselves a chance to start hitting on these picks to build a core around Scotty. I, I mean, it doesn't really feel like a Toronto move to turn around and trade Bruce Brown. But I think at this deadline... He has a team option after this year, and you can extend him because he got that big uh, contract. Like you could, you could technically do like the Buddy Heald deal where you extend him, and it's actually decreasing. Or like Harrison Barnes, the Kings have famously done this a few times. Because uh, you would get his early bird rights uh, as Toronto if you if you choose to go that route. But and and like you said, Bruce is a good player. He's a fringe starter level guy on a good team, uh, contending team. And I think that he could help a lot of good teams, including my Sixers, if he were available at this deadline. And I think that with Siakam off the board, with OG off the board, with Kawhi extending, with Paul George potentially extending, those guys that look like they might be available in the summer probably aren't going to be available in the summer. And they're probably definitely not going to be available for trade now. So it really, the the amount of guys that are available, this might be an opportunity where I don't think they could get two first round picks for, for Bruce Brown, but like maybe they could get salary filler, get off uh, if they don't want to keep Bruce for next season and get an extra first round pick out of it as well from either the Sixers or one of these teams that is, you know, is just stacking up draft capital, maybe your Knicks or, the uh, Pelicans are one of those teams, although the Pelicans were involved in this deal. So maybe that would have been part of it if it was already there. But yeah, so long story short here, I like the deal for both sides. I feel like I feel similar to how I felt about the Knicks and Raptors trade um, where it made sense to me for different reasons. And they somehow wriggled themselves out of this jam that they created. <laughs> Masai and Masai and Danny Ainge hate both these motherfuckers. I, they're so they're, they're 
They're so annoying, but they are good at their jobs, and I have to give them credit for that, even though Masai had a little cold streak for a few years. Yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, do you want to, you want some some slop that just dropped here? Yes. Uh, the Detroit Pistons, per Ian Begley, are showing some interest in DeJounte Murray. Uh, I need Let's Troy Weaver out. to do this. This is the way forward. They need one more ball handler because Lord knows they don't have enough. Um this is out of an article where he's talking about the Nets having interest in, in DeJounte Murray. I don't really know what the Nets are doing. I do find DeJounte Murray potential. I could see De, like DeJounte Murray being a guy that they pull the trigger on if they're worried about, you know, oh, we, we're not going to get Donovan Mitchell because he doesn't want to come here type of deal. Sure. Um, I don't know. I mean, look, I, I look, we, we got a lot of questions about this. And I think these are these are both these are tied together. I did listen to your pod where you uh, dropped your manifesto on why you are now all in on DeJounte Murray coming to the Sixers. Uh, but the first part of the question from people on the Discord was uh, whether you believe that the Sixers, without making a trade, have enough shot creation to get through the Eastern Conference and contend for a title. Um, and if not, uh, the addendum to this comment, to this question is what would – like how – how like are you, are you would you actually be mad if the Knicks swooped in and got DeJounte Murray? Or are you just talking yourself into DeJounte Murray right now because you're like, we can get him and I want I need this. I don't even know anymore, to be honest. I'm kinda <laughs> I'm kinda so lost in the slop now that like I've talked myself like I talk like I was like very against the idea of trading for a non-shooting four. Not that and look, Pascal's up and down as a shooter, but I talked myself into Pascal like, oh, he'll just be a better version of Tobias with worse shooting, but Tobias also can't shoot in the playoffs, so who cares? <laughs> Having said all of this. I do think that, one, no, they do not have enough shot creation to get far. At a minimum, they need to get a worst-case scenario, a, Spence, a Spencer Dinwiddie, Malcolm Brogdon-level ball handler in order to not kill Tyrese Maxey uh, so, and have him run fucking 100 so dribble handoffs they, a game. So they, they need at least, like— a Republican, a Republican level yes. ball handler. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah definitely. Yes. Like someone who's preferably into Litecoin, um, <laughs> someone, someone, or someone like Malcolm Brogdon, who is who is an actual politician. His nickname is the President. Yeah. So someone who honors Brogdon. January sixth. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so if we could get either of those guys, it would be great. Um, no, but in all seriousness, I do look at the Sixers right now when I say. It's actually less the, – the ball handling thing is actually less about, like – because I've said before in the podcast, I know you listen to the podcast, the, this team's only going as far as the Maxi and Embiid duo take them. Um, whether it's Joel being a playoff dropper or Joel being injured, what might be just built into him being a playoff dropper, or Maxi not being quite the level uh, of – individual shot creator that like creating for himself and creating for others in a way that uh i just don't see that translating to the playoffs in a way that is super effective if you added one more ball handler to this mix whether it's a, that level guy or you're talking about like the Dejounte level guy or maybe there's someone that is available that we don't even know about right now but to me the 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 real reason behind that is one, I know Tobias, we're not going to be able to trust him if he's still on the team come playoff time. We're not going to be able to trust him against set defenses to create his own offense and take contested threes and do all the things. He shows it time and time again in the playoffs. As When you get to the second round, you can't count on Tobias to be a reliable source of offense anymore. And 
if that is the case, I would like someone who can create a little bit of their own offense, get Maxi off the ball because Maxi, other than Steph and it's like to me, it's like Steph is like the off ball god. Obviously, yeah. Right. I think Booker is probably <clears throat> second when he really leans into that, and I think Tyrese Maxi is the third best in the NBA when you move him off of the ball, get him into catch and shoot scenarios, get him into space where he can attack, get downhill, get to the line, all that shit. So, so it's not Deuce McBride. I mean, look, I love Deuce in the draft. I did. I at one point I caught him diet Marcus Smart, which was probably unfair to him because now he is shooting like Clay Thompson. Right. So he's actually better than Marcus Smart right now. Yeah, I have been trolling uh, Celtics fans in the Discord and sending in uh, Bruce Brown's stats compared to Marcus Smart's stats this year, and being like worst year of his career in quotes, and then Marcus Smart just being like worth an All Star and two first round picks in a trade. Oh, you even you been doing the 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 meme format yes yes exactly. <laughs> yeah but but no in all seriousness like i think the Dejounte move or any ball handler they acquire is less about is less about not believing that the duo can get far enough and more about optimizing the duo and i think you add one more ball handler that isn't patrick beverly and by the way pat bev has been way better than i ever expected so is kelly Oubre this season even mo yeah. bamba's been playable yeah. at times <clears throat> daryl morey crushed the veteran minimum signings this year but there's a reason why those guys were on veterans minimums. And there's a reason why Tobias Harris has made us pull our hair out as we get further into the playoffs. And this will be Maxi's real first test as like the on ball guy, the right. lead perimeter creator. And I would like to just have one guy that can relieve some pressure from that. And if that's the case, then yeah, I'm all for it. And if the Knicks did get DeJounte, I don't love the fit on the Not Knicks as, as much as I do on a team like the Sixers. And the reason more so is that, like, I've talked about how – I've talked about how uh, – I know Brunson's been awesome shooting three. He's actually shooting better than Maxi this year. Yeah, it's three. wild. He's been unbelievable this season. But um, he – He's a guy that loves to cook in the mid-range. Randall's a, a guy that loves to cook in the mid-range. If I'm the Knicks, I'm trying to acquire more of the role players and high-level guys that they already have. Like, I'm looking for my version. Like, OG might have been, like, your version of Derek White. I'm looking for my version of Kristaps Porzingis. Uh, I know he, not not because he's you know, obviously former Nick or whatever, but, like, <laughs> I just mean, like, a, a lower-usage yeah. guy who you can rely on for offense but also is a capable spacer and defender. And DeJounte, the spacing and defense, it comes and goes. Like, certain games he can look great. He gets a ton of deflections. Uh, and then other games it can look terrible and the shot isn't falling and he, he's not really reliable in that sense. And kind of similar to the Sixers situation, but the main difference being that, like, when you move Tyrese Maxey off the ball, he's actually more effective than he is on the ball, and he loves to hang out near the perimeter and at the rim. So, like, that's the main difference to me if you're trying to build, like, an optimized offense for the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, look, I don't I don't actually want the Knicks to trade for DeJounte Murray. I think that, um, like... Who, who do you so, want? I, I don't... I would just, like, I'll take my Republican... Ball? I, I'll oh, take okay. my Republican ball handler, give me Malcolm Brogdon, take... Evan Fournier's corpse and a protected first round pick and let's get the fuck out of here. Mm. Um, but like what I, this is my, my thinking with this is just like DiVincenzo has been fucking awesome since yeah. he's moved to the starting lineup. He's shooting like whatever, 5 billion percent from three OG also obviously been great, but like very specifically he has fixed our defense because now we can put him at point of attack. DiVincenzo doesn't have to try to be point of attack and now he can do the stuff that he's good at. Jalen Brunson is hidden as you can hide him. Julius Randle is there, uh, and Isaiah Hartenstein's been awesome. So, like, your your starting lineup actually makes sense now. It it is complementary. 
do I think to be a contender that eventually you need somebody better in that starting two guard role than DiVincenzo? Yeah, I do. I, 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 that's no doubt in my mind. Um, or even if Grimes, you know, if he came back in and took the job or something like, I would still think you would need a more dynamic guy there, um, or an upgrade on Randall, but let's just, let's just roll with the existing, uh, Brunson Randall exist, uh, you know, team construction. Like, I think you would need a more dynamic two guard is DeJounte Murray more dynamic than DiVincenzo. Sure. Yeah, he is. But I also think you're sacrificing the smoothness of fit to get that more dynamic player in. So is that hole actually better than what the Knicks currently have going? I don't think so. And I think what the Knicks do need is as well as Deuce McBride has played. Like if you look at his numbers, since he's been back in the rotation, he's shooting like 48. I think he's basically shooting 49% from three, but he's shooting 47% from the field, which is telling me he's not doing much inside the arc. And when he is inside the arc, he's not doing it very well. He hasn't gotten to the line very much. Like they do need somebody who's more dynamic. They do need some more shot creation. That was very, very obvious in these last couple of games they played without Brunson. Um, And like you also like it's easy and I, look everybody's done this i've done this at times too but it's easy to just be like hey well brunson's out but you know randall's got to step up and it's like yeah sure but you have no margin for error now when brunson's gone like that's what you like as good as og is and whatever you want to say about rj barrett and, and quickly like those guys can create shots and you had more bandwidth to lose a guy like brunson for a few games last year versus what you're capable of now. So you need to get somebody that can create offense. I do think that's the case, but I think the Knicks are like, let's be realistic. We both know that they're waiting around to see what happens with Joel Embiid. That, like, that's not a fucking secret. That is sure. what they're going to wait for. And whether that is foolhardy. Knicks, Knicks, by the way, two Knicks fans, including your uh, your buddy that does, uh, Tyrese, that does the podcast with you, <laughs> trolling trolling me about the six about Joel Embiid's <laughs> season when I was like, hold on, Joel Embiid is having a season that would be the greatest Knicks season <laughs> since fucking Willis Reed. So give me a break here. <laughs> Uh, trolling is a big part of what we do as yeah, a, as a, as a blog club. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, but he like, so to me, it's like, if what your goal is, is like, and I get it. I think this is the reasonable target. It's like, forget the specific names. You're trying to save your best premium stuff to get the one, a guy or whatever you want to phrase it, but like the elite elite player who hits the market. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm not interested in giving up anything serious to get DeJounte Murray because I don't even particularly think it's a good fit. Like, if you want to tell me that the Knicks could get him for, like, Fournier and Grimes and, like, a protected first, I still don't particularly love that. But at least I could be like, all right, like, I guess I get it and you do it and maybe then you flip DeJounte in the summer in part of I, I get that whole argument. But to me, it's like, this team is good. I don't actually think they need to do something crazy. I just think they need a little bit more of a boost off the bench in terms of shot creation. Um, and I'm fine with that. Like I would be content getting Malcolm Brogdon, getting, if you want to go real crazy, go get Terry Rozier, you know, like a player like that. I like Rozier's fit. Yeah. And I, and I, I, I still think like, you got to know that Rozier, cause Rozier has been starting now for like five years. Yeah. Um, I know Charlotte has been awful. So maybe he's like, he would be happy to be like, yeah, that's fine. I'll come off the bench on a good team. No problem. Um, and, and I think also, if you had concerns about the quickly Brunson fit defensively in the playoffs, I know quick's a, a really good team defender. Mm. Uh, but if you had concerns about that, Rogier, even though in the past he's played good defense in the playoffs, that was in a, a lifetime ago, essentially yeah, like five years ago now, 
it's like six years ago. Yeah. It was 2017, oh, 2018, yeah, right. really. Right. Yeah, like, yeah. so it's it's been so long since he did that in the playoffs that, like, guys get away from that for a while. They age. They're in different contexts. Like, I've said it time and time again. Like, I think that what t- the Terry Rozier years, what Kyle Kuz was doing this year, what DeMar DeRozan has always kind of done throughout his career, there's, like, a place for that in the league, and guys totally are, like, it's fine for a guy wanting to go get his money, get his buckets, have fun, do whatever. But when you try to take that player and then put them back on a winning team, there is an adjustment period because it's just yep. a completely different role, completely different context. But I liked Rozier a lot for you guys because you guys shoot a ton of threes, and he's going to do that. He'll yeah. create he'll create threes for himself. He'll cre- he can create threes for other people a little bit. And he's and a run kid. a ton of pick and roll. He's a good yeah. pick and roll creator. Like. It's a Brun- it's, it's, Brunson, yeah. when Brunson goes to the bench, you can have a, Bruns- a, a Brunson, a diet we got, Brunson. We got Brunson at home. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, like I, yeah, so like those those two to me, Rozier, I actually wouldn't mind Clarkson either just because like I actually think he's, like I know I, I know that the EPM and all that kind of stuff like middling on him. I don't really But if care you look at his, that. yeah, I don't care about it. I think like for what he is, he's a dynamic guy off the bench. Yeah. I really like, like if you look at his playoff numbers, if you take out the first, playoffs he was in with cleveland where they went to the finals mm-hmm. he's played like 24 playoff games since then i'm pretty sure he's like 58 true shooting like he's his splits are good he's he's proven that like he can be productive in the playoffs off the bench and the thing that worries dream. me about him is that he's now 31 going on yeah. 32 i believe he's got two years off in his contract too the thing that worries me about him is that he's very reliant on athleticism and maybe if that continues to go down over the next two years it could be a little there's a little bit of risk built into a move like that and uh the last time that he was on a team like that utah team i always i always say that utah team and the celtics right now are like complete hacks for guys that are that have have struggled to like for example like people are calling Derek white a top 30 player now oh my god and like Derek white maybe in the context of the celtics can have the impact of a top 30 guy but that is completely married to the team that he's on and the context that he's in and clarkson was a guy who you know when they were in the playoffs like they had shooting and ball handling at every single position and it was incredibly hard to now look he was the head of the snake for some of it like when mitchell went to the bench he would help run offense with conley and stuff but like I do think that that is that's that's a little bit more of a risk to me than the guys that we like have seen in the playoffs the last few years in different contexts. I guess you could say the same thing about Malcolm Brogdon though, because Malcolm Brogdon last year he was on the Celtics. The only thing about Brogdon, let me ask you this: the only thing about Brogdon that would worry me if I'm acquiring him as a Sixers, Knicks, whatever, is like, does it scare you that the Celtics and the Bucks were both like we're good? <laughs> You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. 
Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.